Hey everyone, this is Brian Wampler with another episode of the Chasing Tone Podcast, the podcast where we talk about guitars, amps, effects, as well as a healthy dose of tangent-based, off-topic discussions. Joining me today is again, Blake Wyland, who's a host of another guitar podcast called The Tone Mob, where he interviews a variety of artists, creators, and gear, and gear builders on that particular podcast. Uh, so yeah, Blake's back today. today. Today we discuss legendary pedals that have been forgotten some guitar tech trends and uh, leggings of all things. Let's jump right in it. Blake. Yes, Brian. I have my iced coffee today. We're Woo! good to go. Good to go. You know, I'm starting to f- understand what you're talking about with the iced coffee. I wish I had one right now. I had uh, I had one yesterday, and I was like, "Ooh, this is real nice." So you're like, so like, you're like I thought Brian was. I thought Brian was kind of being, you know, he was acting like a little girl. He was kind of acting like like a little girl there for a minute, but uh, like a little five-year-old girl with her iced coffee. Maybe that's just, uh, I don't know, my daughter. You know, my daughter drinks iced coffee. Wait, how, well, how old and is she's, she? Well, she's 12 now, but she's, oh, she's drank coffee oh, yeah. for several years. I don't know if that's a weird thing. Maybe I'm a bad parent. I don't know. But I don't she think likes so. coffee. I drinking so, coffee at you know, that age. I was fine. She, she likes her. Uh, she likes her iced frappuccino with extra whipped cream or whatever it is. You know, all, all the, all the fancy stuff that you get in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yes. So, and I have to admit, I, I, um, you know, when when she first brought it to my attention, and I promise we'll get to gear in just a minute. But when she first brought it to my attention several years ago, I'm like, I don't want iced coffee. I want like hot, real coffee. That's what I want. Avery. Avery's her name, by the way. And. Um, so I did that, and uh, I tried it. I, I she I tried a sip of hers, and I was hooked. I was hooked, hooked for life. You know? I uh, I don't know if I'm having the same coffee though. I just I got there's some local ones. There's like a bunch of local ones, and I like the just the black ones that are on nitro. Mm. Just black coffee on nitro. It's like, mm, mm. that's good, man. That's good, mm. man. I'm telling you what. All right. So, anyways, now that we've discussed <laughs> pre workout, uh, in case you're wondering, that, Brian. that's <laughs> oh, oh I t- I'm telling you, I know all about the pre workout with iced coffee. Oh, I have uh, I have concentrated coffee. It's just you know coffee concentrate, iced concentrate basically, and I add that to my coffee, to my iced coffee rather before Ooh. I go work out. That way, I am ready to go. You know. Oh man, ready to take down some buildings. Yep. That is yep. exactly right. Uh, Good times. You know, put put the ten pounders on the bar. Get some bench pressing in. You know what I mean. All the way up to ten pounders already. Mm, yes, mm. sir. Man, and hard, hardcore. I look like Joe Rogan over here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I seen you throw kicks. It looks just <laughs> like him. <laughs> just exactly like him. If he Flawless. was in a coma. Yeah, if he was in a coma, that's what he'd look like. <laughs> Joe Rogan was throwing kicks in a coma. It would look something like me trying really hard. Yeah, that's accurate. That's, that goes for me too. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, as you know, I have been working on a ton of different bread uh, breadboarding designs. I've been breadboarding a ton of different like circuit designs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, last week we talked about some, uh, you know, some little fuzzy type of stuff. 
since since we talked last week, I've I've already completed two or three different circuits for upcoming releases. I'm, I've mm-hmm. seen some posts you've been doing, and I'm sitting here going, "Hmm, is this this is this is exciting to me? This excites my my bones because mm. I like I like fuzz." Yeah, that's uh, like and that's just. That's just that's just one of the designs I've been working on. So I'm not going to spoil I'm not going to spoil the rest. I already spoiled the fuzz a little bit for people, but uh, for the other ones you'll have to wait. So, anyways, so I'm working on a design today, and I'm thinking back. I'm I'm looking at all types of other designs that are kind of similar topology wise. You know, mm-hmm. because right. if we're, I mean, not that every I mean everyone tends to say, oh, an overdrive is always just a tube screamer. That's not true. But there are a lot of similarities in things, overdrive-wise, right? And distort. Well, and basically all pedals of all sorts. There's a lot of similarities, just because an op amp works the way an op amp works, a transistor works the way a transistor works, and so on and so forth, right? So I'm thinking here while I'm uh, doing soldering wires to a potentiometer, which is, you know, one of those little doohickeys you turn to increase resistance. Mm, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. Do hickeys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah that's mm-hmm. the that's the technical term. If you look that up on DigiKey, just look up uh, 100 ka do hickey, and uh, I'm sure you'll find it. <laughs> it's and, next uh, to the thingamabob. It's right next to the thingamabob. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, so I'm soldering wires on this potentiometer, and I'm thinking, you know what? There's a ton of great pedals over the years that people have just forgotten about. They have completely forgotten them. And it's a shame because there's some really, really great sounding dirt pedals that were out 2005, six, seven in that era that, you know, at the time, everybody had one on their board and now you don't ever see one. Here, here's one, just for example, Hermida Audio Masferatu. Oh man, that's a great pedal. It's a, Such a fantastic good pedal. pedal. If you like anything remotely like a Tube Screamer, that is a great version of it. Not that it's exactly like it, but topology-wise, it's sort of similar to it. And see, it, what's interesting about the Hermita stuff, and like sort of it's, I don't really fully know the history, but with the Hermita and Love Pedal, like, link and connection, I should actually know more about that than I do. But I know, I know I a bit. I know Sean pretty well. But those two guys seem to be the ones that are able to take that kind of topology. I don't, so you know me, I'm not normally like a tube screamer, like a classic tube screamer type of guy. That's not my, my go-to dirt sound, but they seem to be able to take that topology and make it sound really good to my ears somehow. Uh, Those, those two companies in particular. I mean, yeah, Sean from Love Pedal, he's like the Eternity, for example, was Similar in topology to a tube screamer. Don't confuse mm-hmm. that with sounds exactly like a tube screamer. Two di- two different no. things, right? Yeah. Um, so, hang on here, getting all kinds of text messages. My my text messages are blowing up. Anyways, um, Sean's, Sean's texting you right now. Stop Sean's, talking about <laughs> my ears are burning. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I can uh, I can but, seriously like. I'm backing up what you say because I have uh, one of the many versions of the Eternity and I didn't realize what it was when I got it because it sounds so different. Such a yeah. God, such a good sounding dirt box. It's, it's a it. great sound. He has a bunch of different versions. They, they're they all really good sounding pedals. 
And, and Sean still sells a lot of them. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he mainly sells direct, I think, these days. So you don't generally mm-hmm. see him at your guitar center or whatever, unless they're in the use case. But um, but man, he makes some great stuff. And it is it's still along that same type of topology, even though it sounds and feels completely different than a regular tube screamer. I mean, yeah, I, I, I see the question. I see the question over and over. Like, what's the best tube screamer? And, you know, there's the obvious choice, like, how about the Ibanez one? You know, <laughs> there's that. But I would say the Maxon OD-808, probably my favorite tube screamer ever. It's like the OG, like, that's like the the tube screamer, right? It's kind of the pinnacle in a lot of ways. Well, it's not the pinnacle. <laughs> not not the, the Wadler pinnacle. pinnacle. Right. right. <laughs> the king of the like, hills, so, so, you know, of sorts. It, exactly. The propane-selling king of the hill. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, the, like the OD-808, which is a great tube screamer. How many boards do you see that on? I, I don't see that Not on very many, many boards. You know, you, know? Sp- you know, speaking of that same thing, one of the, I mean, I can't believe I don't own one. I've played it a couple times now, but the Maxon, uh, was it the 8099 analog delay? Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that is like a gorgeous sounding analog delay. It's very simple. Like there's not a lot of controls, but just in a straight, tasty sounding analog delay, that's one of the tastiest. Sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's so. see. Okay. Yeah, you could still buy the Max on OD808. It's 150 bucks. Looks like 140 bucks or so, and somewhere in that area, depending where you buy it from. And um, it's it's. I hate to say I hate to say it's a forgotten pedal because if I'm Max on, then I'm like, hey, hey, come on, man. It hurts my feelings. So I don't mean yeah, that. Especially like since an, we basically invented it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I'm sure Maxon cares what Brian Wampler thinks. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they wake up in the like, morning. Yeah, thinking. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We made the- that. that. That circuit you're talking about, that came from our brains. Yeah. So whatever. Remember, the, you know. yeah, remember that time when we made the pedal that so many overdrives are based on? Yeah, that was awesome. That was us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Maxon, Maxon is, uh, yeah, they're, they're, that's as legit as it gets, basically. Do you recall, this might have been before uh, before you were really into guitar effects. Do you recall the Landgraf Overdrive? Only because you and I did an episode on it, actually. We did, yeah. Many, many yep. moon ago. Yep. Yeah, that's the, only, uh, that's the only, only reason I remember that. So that was, that was huge for a while. Yeah. Um, Landgraf Dynamic Overdrive. That was it. Was a swirly painted pedal, and uh, oh my gosh, one thousand one hundred and fifty eight dollars. Still, like, still to this day. Um, I just I just pulled up the the old Google search. Let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. I take it back. I found one for six ninety nine. Oh, <laughs> oh, a bargain, a steal. Yeah, yes, that is. I mean, yeah, prices are still way up there. And guess what it is? It's a tube screamer with a couple of tricks. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, man, I've but never I mean, played one of those. It, it really is a good sounding pedal. It's a, Now, I'm going to kind of go back. It's going to sound like I'm going to backtrack a little bit. It really is so close to the tube screamer. You're going to hear a lot of crossover between like your TS9 and the Landgraf. Mm-hmm. 
uh, versus something that, you know, like the Masferatu, which is, it's not going to, I mean, it, or, or actually probably the Eternity is probably a better example. The Eternity is not going to sound like your TS9. It's just. Right, it, no. There's too many changes to it that make it something different, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know, man. Like I just look at all these pedals from, from years ago that were just great sounding pedals. And <laughs> I'm actually surprised Landcraft still is going for so much. I had thought that people had forgotten about it. Um, I know John, I think, I'm pretty sure John passed away several years ago, unfortunately. John Landcraft. That's what I was told. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was told. I think I think his family still makes them. Oh, do they? What's going on? Okay. Yeah, I th- well, see, I didn't. I think I didn't so. know that. Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe people are still buying them. I haven't seen them on a board for a while. But uh, I think it. I think it is of. I think the effects world has changed a lot. You know, since since that time frame. That time frame, everybody was really still. Um, I mean, it's still a lot of rock and roll, like classic rock, blues rock type of stuff was really popular with the people that were quote unquote into tone and into effects in that time frame, And while that's still the case, we've definitely seen a major shift into the weird with people who are into guitar pedals. Um, and so I feel like that's, that's part of it. Like, I think it's just the overdrives and distortions, three knobbers are like, they can be brilliant, but it's really hard to gain people's attention with that nowadays. I don't know. I'd have to point out one specific pedal called the 1981. So I think that's a unique situation. Um, first of all, you know, Matt Hoops was in a very successful band for quite a while. So he already had some attention. We, we should point it's, out Matt Hoops is the person that builds them. Yes. And he was in a band right. called Reliant K. Right. Um, so, and they're well there and then B they're in a custom case that they're st- and stunning looking uh, at well-branded, super well-presented and kind of had a built-in audience already. So I feel like that's a very unique situation. And, and it's also, a, I mean, talking about pedals that are things that aren't things at the same time, it started as a rat it ended up not being a rat, but it's roots are in that, in that family, you know, type of thing. Yeah, um, it's it's based off the rat topology with a couple different things changed in it yeah. for sure. Um, it, yeah, so it's, it's I, amazing I wouldn't to me how call it a clone how much it yeah no it's amazing to me how much it's how for that being its roots how much it behaves nicely like the low gain settings on that pedal are what I really like which were normally on a rat I just want it just blasted out full I was, blown. I was going to say what what are what is Blake Wyland doing in the low gain section? What, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I know how silly of me. Uh, but that's just really where that pedal shines. The first time I played one was was actually over at Matt's house um, in Nashville. And he he handed me a Tele Deluxe. So the wide range humbuckers, which, you know, it's my deep love mm-hmm. and plugged into this old Marshall that he had. And just just a hint of gain. Uh, oh, mm, oh, just a hint again on that on that 1981 DRV, and I was like, "Oh, I get it. This sounds amazing." <laughs> yeah, that's a great pedal, uh, man. Anyway, I would say that's the exception rather than the rule as far as that stuff goes. What do you What do you think? Well, I think it depends on the player. I mean, I would, and I hate to separate things this way because I'm going to go super deep in the stereotypical aspect of things for someone in your crowd 
quotations there, I mm-hmm. would completely agree with you. They're, they have no interest in what we're talking about right now. But, and I say like someone that is going to be more attracted to the noise aspect of noise. Um, that's probably not the right word. The eccentric use of guitar pedals. There but, you go. I said but that's I mean, pretty accurate. But I, but I mean, there's a ton of people that still are um, still are rocking out the, the the blues chords, you know, playing at the blues jams or whatever. Like, there's still a, a ton of people that do that. I think the, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. And the market has changed. I, mean, I, I just pulled up pedalboard of the day. There's a Instagram page called Pedalboard of the Day. Actually, oddly mm-hmm. enough, and um, on that particular page, they like to show you know a different pedal board every day. And so it's a oh, cool place. Okay. <laughs> it's oddly <laughs> enough. So it's a it's a fun place to just see what people are using, you know. And as I'm looking through here, I'm like, I see a lot of staples. I see like blues drivers and tube screamers and um that sort of thing. Um, you know, and some of some of our stuff and some of our friends' stuff is always on there. The 1981's on there quite a bit. Um, but there's always like there's always a company that I haven't heard of before that, that you, and you may have, I mean, your ears to the ground a little deeper than, than mine is on some of this stuff. But when I, I like finding pedals from smaller builders who I may not have heard of and just checking them out and say, what is that thing there? Like I'm looking mm-hmm. at this unknown company called JHS, I think. No, I'm kidding. I'm just totally. Oh yeah. There. I don't know that one. Who's, who's that? <laughs> Never heard of him. Nope. Nope. No idea. Who oh, that he's is. that guy on YouTube. He's the guy I on think, YouTube, right? I think he does some videos or something on YouTube or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, they're so good. So, Sidebar, but I mean, they're so good. So I don't know where I was going with that. I was going somewhere at some time, but eventually, oh, I it think just you were talking. Me. So we were talking. You were saying there's still a lot of people doing the, the more traditional rock stuff, which I I agree with. I just think that maybe those people are a little less plugged into what's totally. new and exciting because they have what they like already. And maybe they found right. it in the land graph overdrive back in 2005. I don't that's, know. Um, that's I'm true. Not- that could be, or maybe, maybe they're just burnt out on, you know, a, a new overdrive coming out all the time. I don't know. Start telling. Which I get, I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. I, in fact, we, we, I could probably benefit from focusing a little more on just what I have, but, uh, I just think, I just think that's why we, some of these things get quote unquote forgotten. Is it's just we go through different eras in the in the gear world, you know. Rat gear was hot at one time; hasn't been for a while, but that was that was the way of the future at one point. I still see people on YouTube who who are is it YouTube or it's somewhere somewhere that I venture off into. I see them asking about uh, you know, basically asking when rat gear is going to come back, <laughs> and I'm just like. Oh, that's cute. It's not. <laughs> it's, go- <laughs> it's it's gone. I'm sorry, but it's it's probably not going to come back. In the same way that the Commodore 64 is probably not going to be, uh, you know, the new computer we're buying next to do our video editing. You know. Yeah, I think I think all I really like old weird rat gear because it's old and weird and sounds funky and does fun stuff. But like from a practicality standpoint. Uh, I think we've, I think we've went beyond that system for, for musicians. Like obviously that standard rack unit spacing is, it's not just standard in the music industry. It's standard across electronics in general, right. but right. 
but it, I don't think we're going to see players gravitating towards that. I used to kind of think that maybe we would just to see because people like to do things different sometimes. But I think that would have happened by now. No, I agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I am. You're talking to a guy that still has an ADA MP1 preamp. Do you remember those? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's so the to, hair extortion. You know, the the hair extortion stuff. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic guitar preamp, man. It sounds great, but it's racked, and I'm probably not going to drag a big rack to my to, to my gig this weekend. You know? It's, yeah, I'm. It's I'm much sitting too, here too staring. Painful. At a Digitech RDS 3600 digital delay system, which is a rack unit piece. And it sounds awesome and it's super fun and it can get super weird. But yeah, it's big. Right. It, I mean, I have. It, it's in, not going to happen. In front of me, I have a Lexicon MX200 rack unit. It's a great delay and reverb. But I have a lot of other stuff that can get the same sounds, if not better, in a pedal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because because things change over time. We don't need that amount of space to put those electronics in. At one time, you did. You know, at one yes, time, exactly. surface mount stuff wasn't wasn't the common thing to use like it is now. Um, now, I mean, finding through hole parts, there's just simply are some things that they do not make in through hole parts. Especially when once you kind of cross into that digital threshold, there's just chips that they have to be surface mounted. They don't, they don't sell any other type. I mean, yeah, it's fun because like you, you know, talking about some of this old rack stuff, I have this DOD uh, R8, was it the R880? I think that's what it is. Analog delay. It's like the best sounding analog delay I've ever heard. But you open it up and you realize like this is going to be nearly impossible to recreate like part for part because it's all like big traces, big through hole parts. You know, it's 120 <laughs> volt, you know, that you plug into the wall. <laughs> it's like it's like this is this is going to be very difficult to replicate in the in the pedal space exactly. Um yeah, I mean but it's cool. What TC Electronics had the uh what was that delay called? Shoot. Totally escapes me. A new one? Oh or no, it's the else? the um the old unit that they had. Oh crap. I oh, I know it. I know but what they, you're talking about. I, they, I mean, they recreated it, but it's just not the same as the rack version. And I mean, I haven't opened them up to know why. My, my guess is probably the chip that the old one was the old one, which I can't remember the name of. You know what? I should Google that since I have a computer in front of me. Um, but my, my guess <laughs> and is. Your, and good internet. Look at that. And the, and that's right. And I can use the internet at the same time, which prior to about a week ago, I was never able to do. <laughs> Thank God for fiber. I was gonna say, did we celebrate publicly the fact that you have fiber yet? I can't remember. Um, I don't think we did. Twenty two ninety TC Electronics twenty two ninety. That's it. There you go. Oh, that is it. Yep, I couldn't remember the numbers. I've said this before. Anybody that names their pedal, guitar, amp, whatever, a series of of like letters and numbers that don't mean anything, there's a good chance I'm never gonna remember what your product's called. That's just, that's just me. I cannot remember when it's just like MG one two zero seven. Like, ah. well, well, you know why they call it the twenty two ninety, don't you? Uh, is it got? I don't know. Is that the name of the chip? I'm not sure. I or is it twenty two hundred ninety seconds of delay? I have no idea either. I'm not sure. I'm sure somebody knows, but uh, you know, shoot me an email podcast I have no idea why they call it that. It's probably I can't the believe chip. You would- 
dangle that carrot over my head like that, like you knew. <laughs> and you would do that to me publicly. It's it's probably the chip or something. And I honest, I, I don't know that much about it. I've never opened one. I've never opened the, the newer TC version of that. But if I had to guess, like the old rack version, you probably uses a chip that they don't make anymore or that, you know, probably. It's, just, it's probably something like that. And so to recreate it now, they have to use a different chip. And whenever you do that, then some things just can simply change. Just technology changes, which means that the sound is going to change. Like, for example, digital audio converters, right? You know, that basically takes your guitar sound coming in, turns it into digital, does all the funky processing, and then turns it back into analog, right? Well, the ones right. that we use now are far, like, technically, they're far superior than what we had years ago in, in the rack mm-hmm. era. Um, at least, you know, as far as expense goes, like, they're just, the stuff you can get now is, was stupid expensive back then, if it was even available. Um, so as such, sometimes that changes the sound of things. And some people think it's for the worse. Like the the Boss DD2, for example, it is pretty inefficient in how it processed the signal. Not at the time, but compared to what we can do now with the you know with processing and um, you know everything that goes along with processing that signal. It, it, a lot of people say, "Well, you can't get that DD2 sound even on the DD2 setting of whatever pedal is trying to emulate it." It's like. Well, it's because we're not using that same stuff anymore, you know? Right. There's something, I mean, yeah, some of the those old digital, early digital things have become sought after for their imperfections. Uh, you know, we think we tend to think of digital delays and, and things as like very clean and very crisp, which they generally are. But like the DD2 is a great example that it's, it's that weird, chewy like granular nature that people are looking for, you know, kind of like the same similar idea, but not exactly the same sound is like why people like me really like a good analog delay. Like to me, a good analog delay is like the perfect go between, between a real tape delay and a digital delay. It's just cause because of the technology and because of the graininess, because of the imperfections. And I think that early digital stuff has some of that same kind of weird, grainy quality in a, in a different way. Um, that That's why I still rock my Digitech RP1 all day long, dude. That's why. Yeah. That's of course why. Natural <laughs> digital tone. <laughs> At the time, it sounded fantastic, but uh, I think I said this a few episodes ago. Now that I compare it with newer stuff, I'm like, huh, it seemed like this sounded a lot better years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, random thing. Random thing. I I want to I want to point something out that I've I've been noticing lately, um, and it's just weird. And it you know we've always talked about the the helix, right? Since we're talking about digital stuff, this kind of is a a weird segue. But I'm noticing a lot of people ditching their full size floor unit helixes now. A lot of them are switching to the HX Stomp, which kind of makes sense because then you're like integrating your old you know, regular style pedals back into the system a little bit. Um, but I found it interesting that I'm seeing like, it seems like people are really starting to ditch the full-sized Helix unit 
not entirely, and those that are dedicated are still very dedicated, but I'm I'm just kind of surprised how many I'm seeing come up for sale versus just uh, like six yeah. months ago. Did, did we, I think we might have touched on that a few episodes ago, didn't we? We've kind of talked like about it, but I just, I didn't notice the actual, like, I hadn't seen any proof in, in my theory. Like, right. so, I kind of, so, I theorized that would happen, but so what now I'm starting we, to see it. So what you're basically saying is, Brian, you were right. Is that basically what you're saying? I'm saying, Brian, we were right. <laughs> we were teasing. right. Just kidding you, Blake. At least, right, at least right now. I don't know. Actually, I don't remember exactly what I what I said, so I could have said something that's totally wrong. <laughs> I, I honestly, I remember the topic coming up a bit, but I have no idea what we said about it. <laughs> but I well, mean, I hope I, what I said is it's cyclical because that's what I believe. It's, I hope that's what I said. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I it is. Know. I mean, to, to me, I look at, um, I look at stuff like the Axe effects and all that sh- sort of genre as another version of rack effects. You know, mm-hmm. I think, I, I just think that we as guitar players kind of get bored of stuff and all that, all that tech is super fun. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, there's times when you just want to go home, play your analog delay, you know, and then you'll play mm-hmm. that for a while and you're like, you know, what I really need is tap. And then what I really need is to be able to control it with MIDI. And I also want to be able to, you know what I mean? I also need expression pedal ins and outs for every parameter. And <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, at some you point know. you come right back around to now, now you have the new version of Axe Effects or whatever is going to be in another 10 years. That's a good point. And, that is true. So that's, I mean, I wouldn't say it's ever going to die. I don't think, I don't think it's going to die like rack stuff did, but I'm sure it'll evolve. I mean, look at pedals, pedals, just where we started from. Pedals have evolved tr- quite a bit since, you know, the uh, land graph overdrive, you know? Yeah. You don't true. see a whole lot oh, of yeah. swirly painted pedals anymore. No, not really. That's that, that trend kind of came and went uh, basically in that very short few years, like, I don't know, 2000 to 2007 ish, right. maybe, maybe a little longer. Um, yeah. You don't see that much anymore. And Everything the idea just kind of, of went to printed, you know, I think people have figured out UV printing is the, the real game changer. Yeah. That and graphics, you know, which and mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Wampler does everything perfect because we don't, we haven't, but I think that, um, well, there's some behind the scenes stuff that is really cool that's happening. So I'll leave it at that and say that um, I think graphics are incredibly important, at least to most consumers. I think me as a player, I'm, I'm just an oddball, man. I mean, when I build something for myself, I don't put anything. I don't paint it. Nothing. I, I might label the, like the volume and gain just in case I don't get them mixed up. But other than that... <laughs> With a I sharpie. mean, if you with the, with a sharpie, yeah, not with. I would never you be you be print that. No, no, no. <laughs> that looks too much like a finished pedal. I want it to look like it was thrown together in my garage. <laughs> well, but that's me. I've always you, been that, that way. Is, that aesthetic is very easy to achieve, as it turns out. So you're in luck. That's but, true. Um, I, I'm I'm the pretty pedal guy. I I got into things because like a lot of it was like, ooh, that's very, that's a very pretty looking pedal. I wonder, you know, I want to know more. I, I like the whole package. I really, it's not probably not a good thing, but I really obsess over all of the details. Like, how does this pot feel? 
This pot feels better than the other one. Why does it feel better? I don't know. I just like how this one feels better. It's got a little more resistance to it. Like, I obsess over that stuff, which is so weird. Uh, but I don't know. Weird hmm. and pointless at the end of the day. But it's just how nerdy I am, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand that. It's like, um, have I brought up the tarot card analogy to you yet? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. So, and this was brought up to me by Jake Steffes, my engineer. Um, he was buying some tarot cards for his uh, girlfriend. And uh, I don't know, maybe it was like Christmas or a birthday or something like that. And what he thought that she wanted was like real old school tarot cards, right? The, um, you know, just very vintagey looking and just the old, the, the actual real ones, the old style. Well, apparently there is a niche of uh, tarot card lovers who really aren't into the whole reading the future sort of aspect of it, but they, they like the art on it. So it's all about the art on the cards. And that, so that was really what she wanted were cards with this really cool art. And so he completely gotcha. failed as a boyfriend. <laughs> 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 completely failed that one. But, uh, but I, learned a, I learned a very important lesson through that, which is that um, the art has as much meaning, if sometimes more, than what the, uh, the intention was for the product. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is that is very, very true. I I I I cannot stress enough how like even people who generally say they don't care how things look like yourself, you still kind of do because like, you know, the things you wear and the things you put on your body, they're they're like a choice. It's like, yeah, I want to be comfortable. But if it if it was if it was a different thing that was also comfortable, you may not put it on just because of how it looks. You know what I mean? I have to disagree like, with you there, my man. Um, so this is the downside with not seeing each other when we record these. I wear basically the same thing every day. Not the same clothes. No, 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 no. I have like seven or eight of the same pants and I try to keep That's all my I'm shirts. Saying. All my shirts are gray. And I You're also always wear. For me. Oh, maybe I misunderstood <laughs> you then. I thought you were yeah, saying I'm that the clothes I wear are important. <laughs> they are well they are to you because if they're all the same you've chosen to make that that that's your thing well, now let's say that like, it's let's actually just hypothetically lack of choice. Say, well no let's say hypothetically that a pink tutu was just as comfortable as your normal wardrobe let i know it's not going to be but let's hypothetically say that it was you would not choose that over your normal wardrobe because it looks it would look kind of funny on you or it doesn't it doesn't really match mm. your aesthetic I really that's don't what I'm, care. That's like, what I'm getting. See, at. I, I, I still would have to disagree. I really, I don't care unless I have to. So I'll wear jeans if I have to go out and like, if I, if I go to a NAM show, I'm wearing jeans. But if I'm here working, I, I buy the same clothes so I don't have to make that decision. I, I just grab something from yes, the drawer and picked, stick it on. I grab a shirt you and stick it on. Things that you're okay with, though. The only you reason I- a bunch of clothes. That you like, that you're not wearing things that you don't want to wear, though. You still want to wear those things because that's what you wear. I, it's more There's of other a, clothes. It's, oh, let, me, let, me, let me spin it to you this way. I, okay. I have heard that leggings are extremely comfortable. My wife tells me that she's like, once you try on leggings, you're going to wear leggings because they're so comfortable. And my I, response yeah. to that is, I, 
I'm super about comfort. I wear gym shorts all the time. I like being comfy. You're not going to see me walking around town in leggings, no matter how comfortable they are. There's other ways I can get comfortable that match my uh, my vibe a little bit better. That's I have two saying. responses to that, Blake. One, okay. you're not your your bro game is completely off because everybody knows that bro lifters wear leggings. Okay, I do know Sec- that. I know. I know. Se- second of all, I have indeed tried leggings. Have you ever seen the hair distortion <laughs> video? That was leggings. Well, no, no. Well, and those are they not are the uncom- modern leggings. They're completely the uncomfortable. They're they're so <laughs> uncomfortable. They're completely uncomfortable. It's like having a second layer of skin just sucked to your body. It's not it's not comfortable like gym shorts or something that's just loose and hanging off you. It's like well, that's what I feels like. Thought, it's, but it's sucking the energy out of your legs, and you're like, oh, this is choking my legs. That's what it feels like to be. So that's what I, I would I have, imagine they, they would be like. That's not what I've always thought. I've just never been, I've never been manly enough to try them on, if I'm being honest. So <laughs> I've never been manly enough. Well, the day is early for you, so you have time. You should, uh, you should put that on your to do list. Try on leggings to, uh, so I can, you know, see what it's like. I, maybe you like it. You might like it. Maybe I like you, it. I might love you, it. It might be my favorite thing. I have next no time idea. You go, next time you lift, you might be rocking the, uh, the leggings, you know, I can tell you for a fact that I won't be because I look like a homeless person at the gym because my gym clothes are just old, whatever other clothes I have. <laughs> so it's not a, it's not a, it's not real fashionable. I'm not real approachable when I'm there. <laughs> like who's that caveman in his old dirty sweatshirt over there? <laughs> like grunting like a weirdo. <laughs> Uh, I can understand that. Yep. Speaking of working out, now I normally work. <laughs> I normally work out at night. Well, um, I happened to go at like seven o'clock the other day. Uh huh. Worst mistake. Apparently, seven o'clock at the gym that I go to is a uh, bro hour, and Ooh. so yeah. For one, I think you have to be on the juice. To go at that time, and okay. it's, you're not you're not going to be able to touch a free weight because there's too there's too many people that are you know not really using them but using them. You know what I mean? Like they're, li- they're, they're leaning just, up on them for sure. They're leaning, or, or there's all of them are all of the uh, dumbbells are surrounding their bench that they're at because they might want to use them. So uh, this has nothing to do with gear, but lesson learned: don't go, uh, don't go work out at seven o'clock. Yeah. Well, I can't say that it doesn't have anything to do with gear because some of those guys refer to steroids as as gear. So maybe that's what they, maybe that's how. Uh, they really? It. I I yeah. didn't know that. Hmm. They're on gear, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Where are we going with this? This is the weirdest I- conversation. <laughs> we were so on topic for so long, and then we're like. It's talking about steroids like we know what we're talking about. You and your damn leggings conversation, Blake. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to tell you that you do care what you look like a little bit. Even if I you don't. think you don't. No, you do. I don't. I, I do not. I still disagree. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I want you to wear solid pink at Nam. Wear your same clothes, like same kind of clothes, but make them solid pink with like glitter all over them to prove to me that you don't actually care. 
I was. <laughs> I have a response to that, but <laughs> he was thinking I can't. About it. He's, I can't. He's thinking about it right now. I, I can't respond to that in a public way. I would say that there are other. Oh people man, at I think NAM, I know what your response was going to be. <laughs> there are other people at Nam that would have no problem with doing that, and I wouldn't want to get confused with them. I see. I see. Yeah, that's probably a good point. I'll I'll accept that as a, a valid answer simply because I know what you're talking about. And now we close it with an inside joke that no one understands but Brian and me, which is not a great way for anybody to do any kind of podcasting. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Good times. This is a great podcast. We're so dumb. I know. All right. Let's cut this one short. Actually, we're not short. We're 40 minutes into this mug. Yeah, we're not short. Well, I mean, we stopped talking about gear about... 11 minutes ago so technically it's probably short true I, I should probably put that in the description of this one uh podcast yeah, technically we about ends. For the last- <laughs> <laughs> podcast <laughs> technically ends at 30 minutes but there's another 10 minutes of miscellaneous stuff we talk about <laughs> <laughs> of Bla- brian trying to or blake trying to tell brian what his own brain says <laughs> all right yeah, i'll talk that to makes you a lot of sense. bye And thank you so much for listening to the Chasing Tone podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com, and I'll personally get your email. If you like this podcast, make sure to share it with your friends, bandmates, or others into guitar podcasts. If you'd like to show your support for the show, the simplest and free way to do that is to simply go to the iTunes store or your favorite podcast app and leave us a positive review. And if you want to be super nice, you can always check out some of our pedals at wamplerpedals.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah.